Hey guys, welcome to the In the Game Room podcast. I am Alan, and it is very, very early in the morning, Sunday, October the 9th. In this episode, I'm calling Ask Alan. I put on the Facebook page for my business for GameCraft Miniatures, I put up a post that said, if you guys have any questions for me or anything you want me to discuss or whatever, send me an email. And I got some questions. Um, they're all kind of related to the my business, but my business is also my hobby, so they're all, you know, they're gaming related, gaming scenery and things like that. So I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh, play the questions. The questions were submitted to me in writing via, you know, uh, email, but I had my computer synthesize a voice to ask the questions. So it'll be a little more kind of interactive where you'll hear a voice actually ask me a question and then I'll actually answer them. I'll probably go pretty long on most of them because I tend to be a little long-winded, so I'm not sure how many I'll get to. I might split this up into more than one episode. We'll see how that goes. And by the end of this, you'll know how that went. So, with no further ado, here comes the first question from the GameCraft Miniatures Facebook page. Given the expanding scope of 3mm figures, do you see your range following along, both in matte board and maybe resin? Well, thanks for that great question, computer-generated voice. Um, yeah, 3mm wargaming seems to be getting more and more popular and I'm getting more and more requests for 3mm scenery. I've done a few items. I did a, a little starter set of some small resin uh, buildings, and then I've done some bigger mat board. I mean, they're still very small, but bigger buildings in, in mat board. And I, yes, I am going to continue on with that line. Probably more of the bigger buildings. The really tiny ones... To be perfectly honest, I mean, they're about the size of a uh, Monopoly house. <laughs> you know, these little tiny things are not even not even a half an inch cube. They're pretty tiny. Uh, but I mean, if there's demand for more of that little tiny stuff, then, you know, I'll do it. But I think maybe some of the larger city buildings and maybe things like, you know, factories and aircraft hangars and bigger scenery objects will still, like I said, be very small. They might only be in an inch by an inch on their base or two by two at the biggest um, and, and not very tall. So yeah, the answer to your question is yes. Um, it's it's still not a really big market, so it's not something that I can devote a lot of attention to. I really do have to go where, you know, where the customers are, but but it is something I'm working on and I will continue. So let's get to the next question. Are there any landmark buildings in 6mm or other scales you'd eventually like to make models of? Wow, another great question from the computer-generated voice. Yes, I really, really like making famous buildings and large structures. It's For me, it's a lot more fun than, you know, just tiny little houses or, you know, generic buildings. So I really do like the sort of landmark, I'm doing air quotes right now, landmark-style buildings. Um, Because, like I said, I like making big structures. And I also like making models of things that actually exist. That's a, it's an extra layer of challenge for me, so that's kind of fun. Um, One of the things that's on my list in this category is I do make a model of the Brandenburg Gate 
in 6mm and 15mm. And right now I just make the main structure, the center, the actual Brandenburg Gate thing with the statue on top and all that. Off to the left and right of that structure are these other, um, I'm going to call them buildings for lack of a better word, but there's these two other buildings on, on the left and right, which all make up part of the, the whole Brandenburg Gate. So I'm lacking those two side pieces. Um, so I really want to make those. Um, definitely in 6mm, and probably I will make them in 15mm as well. Um, there's a project I sort of previewed a couple of months ago, and then it just ended up on the shelf, and that was the uh, the Burj Al Arab Hotel in Dubai. It's also known as the Sale. It's a very iconic building in Dubai. It's a hotel, and I'm making a model of that in uh, in six millimeter, and the model is actually the design is done, and I threw together one real quick just to kind of test all the pieces and make sure everything fit together right, and it did. So now all I need to do really is just cut another kit, photograph the pieces, put it together, and photograph the assembly process, and then actually finish it, you know, paint it and put the windows on the inside and all that. And then that product will be ready to be released. And that's a really cool building, so I kind of need to get back on that and this question just kind of reminded me of that. Um, along those same lines there's another project that's been on the back burner actually for years. Um, the convention that I go to in Los Angeles, a gaming convention put on by Strategicon, used to be at the Sheridan Hotel at LA Airport and they've since moved to the Hilton. But while they were at the Sheridan, I had the crazy idea of actually doing a six millimeter model of that hotel. It's a pretty cool looking hotel because it's actually kind of three buildings. I'm doing it with my hands right now, but you guys can't see. But it's actually three buildings that come together in the center. Almost imagine like three spokes off of a center hub. So it's, you know, three separate, not separate, three wings, I guess you'd call it. Three wings of the hotel going out from a center. So it's a really kind of unique um, shape of a building. I wouldn't call it a landmark as such. I mean, maybe in the local area it is, but people anywhere else in the world wouldn't, wouldn't recognize it. But that's another one where I got so far into the project. And then actually we moved the convention from the Sheridan to the Hilton. So I kind of lost interest in it because at the time I thought it would be fun to finish it and bring it to the convention. And you could actually play a war game around the hotel that we're actually in. So I thought that would be really cool. But it's still a cool building and I need to finish that. So so to answer your question, Mr. Mechanical Computer Voice, um, yes, I'm going to do a lot more landmark buildings. Um, in the past, I've done things like uh, uh, Osama bin Laden's compound and you know other famous buildings. There's there's a famous hotel. I gotta search my memory banks here. The Hotel Intercontinental in Kabul, Afghanistan. That was a cool hotel, and that was a uh, a scene of. Uh, of a, a siege or an attack or a terrorist attack. I don't even remember the story now, um, but it's kind of a famous building um, during the uh, during the the Desert War. Um, so I've done that. I've done a lot, a lot of a lot of famous buildings, and I'm going to do a lot more because yes, I do like doing them, and I will be doing more. So that answers your question, I think.
All right, so let's see what question we have next. Do you try to rotate new product releases through the different scales you offer, or do you follow trends or requests? Well, the short answer to this question is yes. Um, when I design a product, usually I will design it in one scale, having in mind that I'm going to then later release it in other scales. Um, it's not always the case, like in the case of science fiction uh, structures, 15 millimeter and 28 millimeter are the two big scales. So there's no point in doing 10, 6, 20. Um, same thing with the uh, Wild West series. Again, 15 and 28 are the big ones. But yes, generally speaking, most items, if I think there's going to be a demand for it in another scale, I will do it in, you know, one, two or three different scales. That's kind of the hard part for me is trying to know how much effort to put into developing a product for a certain scale. Uh, like I said, uh, an example would be like if I was doing a Wild West saloon and I thought, well, maybe I should do it in 20 millimeter. Well, I have to think, you know, how many people are playing Western games in 20 millimeter? And the answer to that question is very, very few. So I have to kind of gauge what scales I'm going to do different models in. And uh, and also it depends on, you know, the materials and the construction methods and things like that. Um, some of the smaller buildings, like 3mm, 6mm, and 10, can get away with doing most of those in resin um, until you get into the bigger buildings, and then some of them have to be laser cut. Um, you get into 15, 20, and 28mm. Resin buildings, unless they're very small, are kind of impractical because they get so heavy and so expensive. So there's a lot of different considerations there. One of the things I'm always doing is going to conventions, and um, I call them my spy missions. I'm not really spying, but I'm there to observe and see what people are using, what games are being played, in what scales, in what eras. And I, I get a lot of people asking me, oh, you're going to go to this convention, you're gonna, what, what are you going to play? I generally don't play anything when I go to most conventions. I know that sounds kind of boring, but I'm going there for work. I'm going there to research, and that really does take almost all of my time, especially at some of the bigger conventions like Gen Cons and Origins, and uh, Historicon is pretty big. Um, I get to those bigger conventions, and I spend almost all of my time just watching because I really want to get a feeling for what is being used and what games are being played and what's popular, and at the same time look around for uh, games that are popular, but maybe there's not a lot of scenery out for them yet. So that's kind of an area that I can move into. Because when I'm back at the shop, I'm either designing new products or I'm actually manufacturing and shipping products to customers. I don't really have as much time as I wish I did to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of the industry. And it's really hard for me to keep track of you know what's popular what new games are coming out what people are playing and things like that there just aren't enough hours in the day so for me conventions are where i go to you know do that kind of research work so i think i answered the question uh as far as you know new products in different scales i kind of have to just decide 
which scale is appropriate or if they all are for a particular product. And as far as keeping up on the trends, um, it's hard to do, but I do the best I can by going to conventions and, and kind of doing my little spy missions. Um, the question also asked about requests from customers. Yeah, I get a lot of requests from customers. That's another area where I have to really carefully uh, weigh the pros and cons of what somebody's asking for. So a lot of times, and I don't, I don't blame people for this, a lot of people just ask me for what they want. Um, it may not be what a lot of people want. It may not be what very many people at all want. It might just be what this particular one person wants. So I have to ask myself, you know, how long is it going to take me to design this and, and make it and, you know, make a mold or whatever? And then how many am I going to sell? You know, I wish I could just make everything that everybody asked for because that's the part of the job that I really love. I love creating, but I do you know, I do this business full time and this is my this is my income. So I do have to kind of say, well, if I'm going to devote 5, 10, 20 hours to building a master of this product and this guy is going to buy one and then that's going to be the end of it. Maybe I sell another one or two over the years. That's probably not going to be uh, time well spent. Now, if somebody calls me up or writes me or whatever and says, hey, there's this new game out and we really need scenery for it because nobody's making anything and uh, here's, you know, some sketches or some pictures I found online, some good ideas for you to start with. You think you could make some stuff for this game? Then I'm liable to look at that and go, yeah, this is, there's a lot of potential here. Maybe only one guy right now is asking for it, but I can see that there's a big potential for you know, future sales. And that's kind of what I have to, that's kind of how I have to treat customer requests. I just have to really balance out whether or not, you know, the time I spend doing it is going to basically pay for itself. I mean, I, I hate to put it in those words, but that is, I mean, it's a business and I have to say, you know, if I spend all these hours, am I going to lose money by just selling one or two pieces or am I going to eventually recoup my investment in time and then possibly even you know make some money back so that's how customer requests go that being said I get all of my best ideas from customers so if you have an idea for a product send it to me I can't guarantee that I'm going to do it but if it's a good idea and I think more than a few people are going to like it um, then I'm most likely going to do it because it's in my best interest to do that and it's, you know, to keep you happy and keep you supplied with what you want and keep me making a paycheck every week. So I think that wraps up that question. Let's see what else we have here. What's the strangest request you've had for a new building or terrain piece? All right, well, I've been giving this question actually a lot of thought because I'm having a hard time coming up with anything. Um, I don't think I've had any real strange requests. Um, I've had a lot of requests like I kind of touched on in the in the last question. I've had requests for things that I just know are going to sell to, you know, one or two people and nobody else because they're very, very specific to that person's need. Um, but I wouldn't call those strange requests. They're just, you know, somebody's personal request. Um, I would say probably the strangest requests have come from myself. Um, I I like making weird things. And 
I've made some weird things. Some of them have ended up on the site for sale, um, and others I've just made for myself. Um, probably the weirdest piece of terrain or structure that I own might even be, I think, the largest single piece of six millimeter terrain I've ever heard of in the world. And it's an actual 1 285th scale model of the Eiffel Tower in Paris. It stands about four feet tall and it's actually 285th scale. It's not, you know, hey, that looks right, that's close enough or whatever. It's actually 1 285th scale. And that's something that I built just for myself mainly to prove that I could. It was just one of those things. I, I've been to Paris a lot of times. I used to go there on business when I was a aerospace model maker. I would go to the air show in Paris every two years. So I've seen the Eiffel Tower a lot of times, and Paris is one of my favorite cities on Earth. So I was you know, just looking at some pictures one day, and I looked at the Eiffel Tower and said, I wonder if I could build one of those in... Uh, in 285th scale and I started doing the math and figuring out how big it would be and uh, it seemed crazy um, and I did it. <laughs> it. Like I said it's about four feet tall I forget the exact inches but it's right around four feet and at the base it it has a footprint of about 20 inches by 20 inches and it's um, and it's pretty scale there's some internal structure and things on the inside that I've completely left out, but from the outside, it looks right, and it is the right size. I've got the observation de decks and things like that. So, that if that was a if that was a request coming from a customer, that would definitely qualify as the strangest request I've ever gotten. But since I got it from me, well, it's still pretty strange, but. Uh, Along those same lines, I've done a 1 285th scale model of the uh, LHD-1 USS Wasp Navy uh, helicopter carrier and landing craft carrier. I'm not describing it right, but if you just Google LHD-1 USS Wasp, you'll see this ship. Um, and I did a 285th scale model of that. And that was pretty psycho too, because the only reason I really built it is as a way to display a lot of my helicopters and Ospreys and things like that, my 285th scale micro armor models. So it sits in my office in a glass display case with lights on it and a lot of helicopters and Ospreys and I think there's a Harrier or two. I've got, it's just quite a mix. And the only reason I built it, like I said, was to display these, these uh, 285th scale GHQ aircraft. And uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and that's something that I ended up putting on the Gamecraft Miniatures website as a custom-build commission job. I don't obviously have these models in stock, but if somebody wants one, they can go to the website and order one, and I will build it for them. And it, it's not cheap at all, but it's for what it is, I think it's really cheap. You know, the, the number of hours it takes to build one. I put the, I put the price at 1500 and... Uh, I've actually sold one, and that's so that makes that one not quite as crazy as it might normally be. If I never sold one, then it'd be real crazy. But the fact that I sold one to a customer who wanted to use it for the exact same thing I use mine for, just as a display for all his aircraft and things, helicopters and stuff. So that is a very strange request, again, from me. Um, 
And also just I, a lot of things I just build for myself that, uh, you know, I want. I've got a I've got a 285th scale Middle Eastern style water tower that I saw in some pictures in Syria. And I wanted that for my board, so I built that. I've built a portion of Baghdad International Airport in 285th scale. It's just sort of one corner of the airport, but it was done from uh, satellite pictures, so the actual, you know, uh, scale of it is is pretty accurate. It's a it's a it's a small portion of the airport. The whole thing would you know take up as much room as a, a small house, but I did a portion of it just for fun. I've done a couple of bridges. I have a weird thing for bridges, so I've done a couple of bridges just for myself. There's a there's one that I I saw. I did years ago. I did a uh, a uh, fundraiser bicycle ride from San Francisco to L.A. all down the California coast. And one of the days on the ride, I went by this bridge, just sort of about 20 miles or so north of Santa Barbara. And I saw this bridge and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I stopped and took some pictures of it. And when I got back from this ride, I immediately went to work designing one in 285th scale and I built a model of it. Still not sure what I'm going to do with it, but it's done. I have built it. Um, it's not painted yet, but it's it's done and it's in my shop. And that's just another thing that I did just because I wanted to. And probably something that if a customer called me and said that they want this specific bridge, I probably would have said, I don't know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to work out for a product to sell. But I made it anyways. So, Mr. Computer Generated Voice, as far as strange requests, I haven't really gotten any except for myself. I have a lot of, a lot of strange things I like to build because I just love building things and uh, I don't have a lot of time, but when I do get time, I stop working so that I can work. <laughs> I, I do what I normally do, but for myself, and that makes it all kind of fun. So I think that wraps up this podcast. Uh, that was four questions, I think, and four answers. Um, if you guys have any questions for me, it can be business-related, they can be hobby-related, they can be, you know, painting-related, finishing, things like that. Um, please send them to me. Uh, send, <clears throat> excuse me, send them via email to Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at gcmini.com. You can send them in text form. Uh, or you can actually record your own voice asking the question if you want and then send that to me as like an mp3 file or something and then I can play it on the podcast so there you go I hope you found any small portion of that interesting and I hope you'll come back again for the next episode Um, it has been a little while since I've done an audio podcast because I've been doing more of the video podcasts because a lot of what I talk about, it's better if I can show it, especially if I'm demonstrating a technique or something. So I find myself doing more uh, video podcasts than audio, but I'm working on it and I wanna try to get more ideas like this, like just questions and answers that I can do in an audio format. So if you have any questions or subjects that you think are, appropriate for an audio format please send them to me and uh, we can keep this thing going so thanks a lot for listening and uh, until next time keep on gaming guys